0: Here it is, we're live. Alright, I need to adjust my camera, because it's like slacker cam from uh, the drunk episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's adjusted for this.
1: <laughs> yeah, this. it was adjusted for some very relaxed sitting poses. <laughs> I oh, loved the gifts that people were posting of you, of both of you. There were great gifs on the PKA Reddit of both of you. One of Woody looking back at what you blew and you must have been thinking in your head like these numbers can't be the correct ones and then Kyle has one where you're very clearly not drunk enough that you're delusional you're just not drunk enough that you get pissed off with the numbers that you see where you're like this is bullshit I'm drunker than this definitely (laughs) drunker than this
0: those (laughs) breathalyzers I I feel like I'm going to ruin this for PKA because I want to talk about it there too I found my breathalyzer was not at all indicative of how drunk I was I got very drunk. I was I was drunk. I was vomiting the next morning. I was things were. Right after the show, I went to the bathroom. I didn't throw up right away, but I laid down on the tile because it was so cool, and I had to keep my eyes open to stop the world from spinning. Right. He that, was
2: talking about that cool tile before the show. Ended. Yeah,
0: yeah. And but but I, like as I was saying into the show, if I'm fully honest with you, it, it wasn't my expectation. And then right after the show, I don't know what I just laid down in the bathroom. Like it seemed like a great idea. And, uh, and I, I don't, the tile was so cool, it was so great. And I closed my eyes and, and it was just like, nope, nope, nope. That's a no-go. We're, we are not at eye-closing like, stage right now. And but you were
1: probably so tired and all you wanted to do was sleep,
0: right? I, I, you know, I don't even know the difference between sleeping and passing out. They seem very similar to me. But uh, to me, in my opinion, I lay down on the cool tile floor. I stayed there with my eyes open, and then a several hours later, I realized uh, that I had taken a nap there, and, <laughs> and I slept on the bathroom floor for a while. And uh, most people would say that's passing out, but I'm like, I don't know. The, the rule we used in high school and college, not that I drank a lot, but it's if you took your shoes off, you were safe not to be fucked with. I don't know if that's widely known, but...
1: Yeah, don't pass out with your shoes on. That's yeah. a common rule.
0: Yeah, if you pass out with your shoes on, then, then you've passed out. If you took your shoes off, it was a planned sleepage so i guess i planned it about six hours ahead of time <laughs> <laughs> so, there's nothing
1: worse like the worst feeling with drinking is like going out getting drunk and you realize that you're pretty drunk but you think you're fine and then you lay down in bed and everything's mm. all good and then you close your eyes and then it's like some cyclone wizard comes up behind you and is like shaking you around and moving you and you're just so tired and you just have to open your eyes and be like well fuck I guess I'm just going to sit awake exhausted for like 3 hours while my body metabolizes the rest of this poison until I can close my eyes without wildly spinning. Or sometimes I have a, I had a friend in college who had no problem sleeping through the spins or dealing with it and said he actually liked the spins, which is probably indicative of some level of alcoholism at the Gotta very be. least. But I just couldn't imagine that. That's the worst feeling ever. It's just so discombobulated, especially say, closing your eyes. Like they say closed. the way to
2: fix that is to lie in bed on your back and then put one foot on the ground. Um I've really? never put that. Yeah, uh, yeah they, they, they say that, that fixes be it. i drunk to remember those. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, I felt pretty good after the show. I would say by, like, I, I don't know. I stayed up and talked to Taylor for a while, and then it was maybe, like, 2 in the morning um, before I, like, went upstairs and like, got in bed and started watching TV up there. And I, I was pretty good by then. I had some nachos. I was um,
0: suffering in the post-show. Yeah. <laughs> and, and on, <laughs> I try not to go to the subreddit anymore. I'm not perfect, but I definitely go there less, and I, and I definitely reply less. But anyway, someone was like, hey, you know, thank you, Woody, for doing all the like, tech work and rendering and stuff. And uh, one dick was like, he does nothing. He just uploads. It's whatever. I'm like, you fucknard. Like you, are you? How do you think the MP3 happens? There's no rendering there. Do you think that there's no connecting to an FTP site and doing separate uploads? Did you know that if my computer does two uploads at once, both files get fucked? So I had to fully upload the audio version before I even kick off the video? like. I'm up for a while, um, you know, doing this shit, and I was it. It was power for me. Like I, I was just like, I had to power through it. I guess is what it I'm saying. Say. Yeah. It was just willpower. Actually, it's
1: probably for the best that you had to do that because keeping you awake and active and metabolizing the alcohol a little longer, maybe that helped instead of being able to immediately fall down. I don't know.
0: You might be right. Maybe a little mission where I was on something. Yeah. I
2: think we need to do another drinking episode next week. No, what? And really- what? <laughs> And really top ourselves. I think really go hard.
1: hard, and we'll record yes. the whole thing this time.
0: Yes, uh, yes. We'll record that's another thing. So I want your opinion on this. I don't know if I'm just I'm revising history. Okay, maybe you know what I'm. Maybe you saw what I wrote, but I think I the first not. ninety but, minutes but, but, but was I'm not very good. Enough. I think that the first ninety minutes, one, we weren't drunk. It included exciting things like. On removing the breathalyzer from the packaging and taking off the seal of, of Kyle's uh, best efforts. Um it, it you know, included the first two shots, right? So there was like some not drunk at all parts of it. like maybe the first like thirty or forty minutes of it was just not even drunk episode. It was the warm up to it. And uh, um, you guys seem to like my story, but in my I think I told it before. Like and i'll tell it again <laughs> so
2: yeah you'll, you'll tell it again <laughs> so there's always that I, I thought that. The first 90 minutes was the best part um, do you really i, thought, I yeah, legit I thought, thought it were, was like, not good i thought there were like three funny stories in there I, I loved everybody i loved your face like as you grimaced more and more uh drinking <laughs> the stuff your reaction to smelling it um I, you know that was the part where we explain went through all the whole introduction mm-hmm. of where it came from to let the filthy um, you know, we caught up with Filthy and got the initial stuff going there. We talked about politics and Trump just killing himself, and uh, and we did it in a in a different way. We just kind of each gave our thoughts on where the race was, and we really got flew through,
0: through politics talk. I like that format, you. although I will say that I, I don't think there's a lot of people clamoring for our politics talk. I could be wrong, and they might have liked that format. We should do it again, but uh, but yeah, so. I thought
1: it was a really good watch first hour and a
0: half of something a I.
1: And I remember there were quite a few moments I was laughing, and I don't remember, but I told a couple stories about school that I thought were good. Or
0: maybe mm-hmm. they were church stories or something. I found both of you to be an easier audience while you were drinking. Like, yeah. you know, like sometimes I come in like, honey, you know, they just didn't really hit it back for me. Like, I don't know what. You were hitting it back. You guys <laughs> were like, home run. Everything I said was funny in the drinking episode. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's...
1: See, I thought. Like, I liked the kyle mentioning in the first hour and a half your grimaces and drinking versus the last hour and that was that would be a funny distinction because the first 90 minutes was like oh i'm doing a really big grimace face for those of you listening (laughs) yeah yeah. ah, like eyes winced you know the whole face looks in pain by the end you had a full bottle of wine leaning back like some vagabond (laughs) hanging out of a train car just kind of a little a little wince at the end but mostly just (laughs) <laughs> just more of like a, a harder exhale. Like I can't, gotta keep going, drink these feelings away. You
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, my wife but, came like funny. maybe 15 minutes before the show ended, 20, and she took my alcohol away. Shit. And as I was vomiting, I'm like, I think that was a really good move. Like, because uh, I I, yeah, I had I just mind. hit the you edge. Take it away.
2: I was like, yeah, you should, just, just, yeah, take it away. Well, take in the moment,
1: away. I I, th- I was like, oh, that's bullshit. He has to keep going. And then I think it was when me and Kyle were talking after the show ended that kyle was like you know when she came and took his alcohol at first i was like oh come on but then about five minutes later i was like that was a good move jackie was like, that was a solid she's a, move a professional
0: she, wife yeah, yeah. she
1: really did know the perfect time to come in and, and go all right enough enough, enough because I she probably heard him
2: like say something belligerent and and <laughs> like just undiscernible through the hallways and she's like oh He's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> this slurring <laughs> needs to stop. And and the worst part about it, I didn't mention it on the show because I was I was a little drunk and just not all there. But you drank three quarters of a bottle of white wine, warm. And I, I came I came recently to understand that you were unaware that warm that white wine was not meant to be drank warm.
0: I know this and, is
2: not the kind of thing I know. And, if you and, and, and don't don't mis- misunderstand. This is not like iced coffee. You didn't do it like some trendy way, like, oh yeah, some people drink it warm. Like, you chill that stuff. Like, it should be cool. Chill. Yeah,
0: Jeez. I, I no. had no idea. Like, if you were to list all the alcohols, like whiskey, scotch, uh, schnapps, like I, you, got, you probably <laughs> in your <laughs> head are, yeah, that's all the ones. I, beer. I know beer is supposed to be cold, right? Beer is supposed to be cold. Outside of that, I couldn't tell you warm, cold on any of them. Gin. I know margaritas are supposed to be cold. And I know that margaritas and martinis it's, are different.
1: I figured out white <laughs> <laughs> I would always see the red wine out on the counter and the white wine in the fridge or in like a cooler somewhere. But like I white wine warm sounds horrific. Horrific. They're, like they're,
0: I, it's all horrific you, to me. You don't
1: know what it tastes like <laughs> cold or you may have hated it a lot more.
0: Uh, it, like, I don't know. Yeah, I I don't really know alcohol. Like I swear I, I I don't drink. I don't know. These aren't things I know. Like uh, I don't when when someone gets a drink. What would you get on the rocks?
2: Like scotch. Okay. Or whiskey, so is bourbon. is it a
0: bre- liquor? And when you get it straight up, that means no ice, right? Or does if that mean If you order no it vermouth? straight,
1: it uh, or neat as the word is, like, I'll have Jim Beam neat, or, uh, Jack Daniels neat. That means they just give you a cup of liquor. Oh. And if you say on the rocks, then... I-, I never order stuff neat or on the rocks, unless somebody I'm with preempts that and shows that that's what we're doing, because <laughs> I've noticed that you always you seem nice like a dude, douche if you just... Up. Like, it's just... You-, you come off way less pompous if you're just like, yeah, Corona. Then, like, oh, yes, I'll have the Lagavulin neat... Ah, uh, sixteen year, tried the twelve year one. <laughs> no thank you. <laughs> and like that kind of stuff I, I never and it's like five times the price. If you want like a little glass of liquor at a restaurant, they rake you over the coals for it. Which I guess is normal. But yeah, I, I think I think we all did a good job. I, I really thought that that moonshine I saw someone commenting like, Oh man, Taylor, I thought he'd have more liquor or more beer or something on hand. He wasn't prepared. Except for that bottle of champagne and that four-month-old wine (laughs) but i really thought like i was driving home that day and i was like should i stop and get like a six-pack or something like just in case and i was like no no fucking way that's a bottle of moonshine like i'm gonna have trouble finishing that whole thing in four hours and that's why i was woefully unprepared i did not anticipate us crushing that thing in the first hour and a half all of us pretty much we all pretty much finished that thing in the first hour and a half two
0: hours when i talked about the moonshine where I can't taste the alcohol but it's especially potent um, and it's apple moonshine. It's different. I've seen it twice before. It's completely clear with the exception of like uh, I think it was a cinnamon stick in it and then there's a peach one where there's there's a peach in it and, uh, and I think it was much stronger. So Kyle's recipe was just very different than the one that I have been referring to.
2: I just can't imagine what yours could be though because you have alcohol. You have mm. a high content of alcohol. We know that's present, and then right. you have enough like sugar or flavoring to like mask it. We know that's present. I, I don't know what years could possibly be because there's no way to like include the apple in the like liquor making process. You don't get any advantage there. Mm. You know, it's yeah. not like by fermenting apples you could create some apple liquor and then use that and 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 somehow get
0: there. I feel yeah, like I don't know. if we were talking. About like nuclear fusion, I would have a better chance of bullshitting through it than this topic right here. Like the the the, the making of alcohol, I don't know anything about. It. I know you yet. I I know this. If apples fall off of trees and start to ferment, then sometimes monkeys get drunk. I saw it on. I Discovery. watched a
1: whole documentary about <laughs> drunk monkeys mm-hmm. in uh, on islands in like Jamaica and areas of the Caribbean because they just go around and eat fermented fruit. And are just hammered. It was mm-hmm. huge swaths of footage of just monkeys stumbling around on picnic benches and park benches. and
0: well then It was you're, pretty entertaining. Your knowledge of making alcohol is at least equal to mine.
1: I've got, <laughs> I just I just leave assorted fruit laying around. And then if <laughs> I want to buzz,
0: I just take a bite. You know? <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's terrible. Terrible. It, terrible. In the zombie I apocalypse, that would be my best idea. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You leave it around. It worked on Discovery Channel.
1: Yeah, that... That was fun. I enjoyed that. Melissa tried mm. a sip of your moonshine, Kyle. She really liked it. She thought it was very good. And so, there's one very happy customer.
0: I feel like I'm not Kyle's showing best. my appreciation. I, 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 I appreciate that you made it and shipped it. No, I, I found it, it to be happy. quite
2: foul. Um, I think that... Um, so, so, I've seen like a lot of recipes. I've done a bit of research. And they differ only in small ways. The mm. one thing that I did different about mine that nobody else did I think, was that I used the dark brown sugar instead of the light brown sugar, and that's probably why it's quite so molasses-like. Hmm. Um,
1: that's probably uh, it. But it was going
2: to be brown either way. Is yours technically moonshine? Well, no, no. it's just, I don't it, know. Okay. No, no. So, so moonshine I guess is they,
1: it, like you have a distillery, like, in the Appalachian Mountains, and, you know, cousin yes, joe comes over with 16 that really makes booze like they make the clear alcohol if you've ever watched that show moonshiners i'm pretty sure one of the main characters in that show died of uh cirrhosis of the liver like middle of season two <laughs> and character was always like he'd take the big mason jar of the clear liquid and then he would like undo it and he had maybe six teeth on the underside of his jaw, and he'd take like a couple little swigs and he'd go that's That's about 80, that's 97%. I would put it my life that that's 97% alcohol. And then they'd run it and they'd be like, well, shit. Jimbo's right again, 97.1% alcohol. Jimbo, how do you do it? Well, you've been drinking as long as I have. And you learned to figure it out. And it was like, that's just rubbing alcohol that guy's drinking. He didn't make a face. He didn't do anything. That is a real drinker. That guy's been hammered since the first take of the first season of the show, and he's (laughs) never gone back.
2: All right. But here's the thing about moonshine. So at no point in making moonshine are you getting anything special. Like, the whole thing about Moonshine is that it's made illegally to get around either prohibition back in the day, or, or I guess, you know, guys got to, if they just wanted cheap liquor, they'd make their own, which is also illegal, um, or it, it was at that time. Uh, they, you know, they're getting around some, some local laws in some cases. But it's not like it's, like, stronger than anything you could buy. That Everclear is 95% um, alcohol by volume, so you can get the alcohol. So the, I, I, there's no, really no point in making moonshine, uh, like 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 making your own liquor to start with because you can buy Everclear, which it, is just grain alcohol. It
0: seemed to be a hobby of my friends. We're not that close. This this is a guy that I am um, trained on. So he's
2: park. got a whole
0: like distillery. He's got like the co- uh, still is what they call it with the copper uh, tubing. and. I think he might. I don't know. I only know the final product. He said that um, like he learned how to make it and he really likes doing it like it's a hobby and then – uh, I, I thought it was neat. I like I, I was thinking of buying it from him, but someone else asked, and he's like, "No, you can't sell it." He's like, "It's actually legal to make it, but it is not legal to sell it, and he doesn't yeah, you know even he doesn't not even do a friend. you know it's,
1: Moonshine, beer making, like all that stuff is just hobby now, because you can make it as just a fun thing to do, like cooking, but mm-hmm. you can't sell it to anyone. My dad makes beer. Every so often, just because he thinks it's fun to go to the, like, beer-making store and, like, buy a bunch of new shit and then go home and make a mixture and concoct it. And then a few weeks later, it's like, hey, I've made this. Like, that's neat. Like, <laughs> it's cool. So, I like that. I My grandma bought me a beer-making kit, and I I, I never made it. I just thought, you know, I'll go to the store instead. Of waiting six weeks, but I I could see it would be a fun hobby
2: you know that that's what you know Chiz is doing that a lot right now, right
1: he makes mead because yeah. just mm. like his hat would imply he lives in an era gone by
0: I've never had mead, but I know that it's a honey based alcohol and it sounds good to me yeah it does
1: sound pretty good the way Chiz described it a couple of them have he he named he said he made like a mint mead and that sounds hideous mm, revolting i right.
0: glad you said that because I otherwise but, I um, couldn't get on board
1: <laughs> yeah the mint one no if, if Chiz ever ships us his his Chiz's choice blend Keep that. it better be the honey kind not right not
0: yeah extra honey game. I have, yeah, extra honey I have two things I'm dying to talk about uh two hours ago right it's 7 30 p.m as we're speaking two hours ago I launched out of my front yard I have now successfully flown my paramotor out of the yard I, this was like the point. This was like the thing that I've been trying to do. This is the thing <laughs> I've wanted to do for a, a long, long time. Great. So, but, but since the spring, like, I, like I, I, I can't tell you how many false attempts I've had. And before I get into it, I want to, in paramotor culture or even aviation culture in general, there's like, if someone says, like you know, I just have a good feeling, I did, decided not to. That's like cool and it's accepted. No one says you're a bitch, right? It's like, dude, if you felt like it was a bad idea to fly, then it was. So probably I've laid out to fly from my yard in the past 10 days like three times. And uh, every single day for the past 10 days, I've gone out there to like stare at a windsock and just determine that it wasn't a good idea. Uh, Sometimes I determined it was, and I lay the wing out and decide that it wasn't. A couple times I tried to launch, And the wind would like change direction or something, deflate the wing. And I'm just like, you know what? It's not the day. You know, if the wind's changing direction 90 degrees on me, then I know this is a mistake. You know, they're not going to like landing any more than taking off. You know, it's fucking with me. It's a fair weather sport. I didn't know how fair, like, as a guy that surfed for ages, I kind of get the idea of a weather dependent sport. You know, not every day is an okay day. You can play hockey, indoor hockey, anytime you want. Like, you never really, unless, like, the roads are flooded or something you can play but surfing, paramotoring, it's very weather dependent. You can't always do it. I'm there at 5:30 today and I'm like, "Dude, everything has lined up." Typically my wife is out there with the video camera and stuff capturing my failure, and today she's like, "I'm cooking." And she's got her For the insurance in, report. <laughs> she's got her hands in like uh chicken. I don't know if other people feel this way about like chicken, but for her it's like toxic hands you know i can't touch anything i can't do anything i don't want to you know like it so anyway she, she's just like out of commission so i, I give her a, a a ham radio in her pocket and i'm like all right i'm gonna go do this and um i go and i launch first time i don't it was a bad launch yeah <laughs> it was a successful launch i think that I don't. I don't want to go on too long, but here's the deal: if you pull your brakes, you slow down and you gain altitude. Like that's what happens. The the wing kind of goes tail down a little bit, and it makes you slow down, and that energy goes towards gaining altitude. So when you launch, you typically launch with some brake on, so you don't have to run so damn fast. In hindsight, I think what I may have done is launched, got up like two feet, everything was great, and gave my brake back. When normally you do that when you're up like alright I'm twenty eight feet up, thirty feet now, you know, I can drop two. Instead I got up two feet and dropped two. And I'm like leaning on the throttle, which makes you gain altitude, bending my knees, practically dragging them in the grass and like please get altitude, <laughs> please get well altitude. This, this right. He's
2: washing dishes, <laughs> looking through the window like uh, What the I am. <laughs> as you like, I'm
1: like. Seeing I, the grass kick up behind you there, as that fan goes very
2: closely the over the ground. The There's
0: something called yeah. a cage drag that very advanced pilots do where they drag their paramotor on the grass through the air. And I think I did that, but I didn't mean to do that. I, I was near crashing. They're showing off. It's a huge difference. And. Uh, as I start to gain altitude, well, the ground starts to go up because my ground's not per... And I'm just like, oh, my God, I hope my climb rate is faster than the ground is coming up. And then I launched. And then once I got airborne, I knew what I was doing. So what you want to do in my yard is circle inside the perimeter of the yard. If, uh, if your launch requires you to like go over high wires, the electrical wires that surround me then that means that if your motor went out or something, you were fucked. You were really depending on success not to die and hit these high wires. On the other hand, if you turn and you like gain altitude spiraling up in the yard, that means that you were like in control. Like that's what you want to do. And if the motor went out at any, of this, any point, you just land in your yard. Right? So I did that. I successfully spiraled to altitude in my yard. And then, and this was neat to me, there were things to do. Like I have flown from two places, three places, four. Alright, I'm getting overboard. But mostly where I launch, there's nothing but trees and fields. That's it. Trees and fields, trees and fields. I launched from my house and it's like, hey look, there's a rock quarry over here. There's a church with a steeple. I, I flew over a baseball game. People were playing. And they were looking at me, I think. I was really high. But I'm like, I think they're watching me. And I'm watching them play baseball. Like on the ground. It wasn't like the Durham Bulls or anything. It was like, whatever. They were probably Twelve, I can't tell. I'm way up in the air. But there was a baseball game. It was a real thing. They all had the same color on, and uh, yeah, as opposed to like a bunch of people fucking about. So uh, I, I, you know, rock quarry farms, baseball games, churches. Rock would be scary. I
2: see you. That's where you crash and they don't find. I feel like if you crash at the baseball field, you're all good. Like, there's a medic right there already. He's just, he's bored. He's like, ah, something to do. He gets
0: to break out all of his gear. You crash in the quarry, and your ass is done. So when you fly a paramotor, and, and this is so drilled into my head, you always have a landing place in mind, right? So what I do is I get up high enough, and I've been planning this out on Google Earth for, like, months now. Months. I, and as I learn new things, like I, the plan changes, I'm like alright, first I go to my yard, and then I have a neighbor with a big, with a pretty big yard, like he's landing spot number 2, then I go to this housing development that's not really developed yet, so there's like lots of like bulldozer work, but no houses, I'm like alright, if the thing's emergency there, I go there, and then I get high enough, and I have like a lot of choices, but the baseball field is part of the route to get to other shit, because if things go wrong, Scooch over, players. I'm coming in. And uh, I've seen...
1: Do you have something when you're flying? Like, is there a way that you could, like, mount your phone up? So there's, like, a, a tracking GPS? Or even just, like, a map that shows exactly where you are? Yeah. And you could, like, preload safe zones and then, like, ah... Definitely avoid this park, there was a bear <laughs> alert, or whatever the fuck, like, reason.
0: I, I don't know about that, but you, you can have a GPS, just like you would in your car. Like, track where you are, and it'll tell you your altitude and stuff like that. As a matter of fact, today, um, my, my, I keep my reserve chute on my lap. And uh, I got a new reserve chute container where the top of it, they call it a flight deck, but it's really just, like, the fuzzy part of Velcro. And then you can put your other shit, like, all right, here's a little GPS. Velcro, it goes right there. You can pick your phone up, take pictures, or tweet from the sky or something, and then put it back. I think so. (laughs) <laughs> it's pretty sad. I mean, You're doing other shit. It really does. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I flew from my yard today, and I, I hardly have words to explain, but this is something I had been very excited about. Like, I achieved a, a thing that I had been going for for a long time. and uh, And when I achieved it, it kind of lived up to the hype. Because, like, doing circles over the airfield for months, like – Look, I like it, but I I could see how it's repetitive and stuff. And I'm I'm building skills and I know that it's important, but launching from my yard and checking out like things that that's neat. Like there's a YouTuber that's great, man that I like watching his stuff. And it's like, oh, every time he freaking flies, it's like, hey, check out the hot air balloons. Oh, I'm going to do a close flyby of this church's steeple, and and here's a water crossing thing, and, and uh, he's always like... He's he doing steeple
1: close flybys. People are only watching, waiting for the truly entertaining video where he's... <laughs> unintentionally
0: crucified at
1: the top of some Baptist church when he just careens into it a little He's, too quickly. There's an
0: abandoned factory, and he'll, like, go by, and you see, like, the top of it and the roof. I, I don't know if the roof's caving or just, like, filled with Deatrice and stuff, but... Or detritus? I don't know the word. Anyway, uh, so he just always... I'm like, this guy got, like, cheat codes. Like, where he launches is great, and then he, there's so many interesting things to see right around him. Meanwhile, I launch, like... In the middle of nowhere, and there's nothing but trees and uh so today was really neat. I got a new place to launch, and it's my house and that's a that's a cool thing and that's, good. that's awesome did any of your neighbors uh yes to- yes my 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 neighbor's daughter started texting my wife saying i can't believe he did that uh, congratulations uh <laughs> my neighbor on the other side he's out and they they all like they came out to see <laughs> the madness that was me flying around yeah i like oh that's great You're <laughs> you're totally like the the mad professor of that neighborhood yes. already
2: <laughs> yeah. you're the guy who literally flies around in his backyard like <laughs> they're all, they were already like watching you guys out there with the not, they're already like yeah They've all got a lawnmower, and there's <laughs> some sort of a hovercraft flying around above them. Yeah, they do it every week. Look at this, Jim. Look, look, Now you're taking off out of your yard and, take, and, like, flying away like you're Hawkeye or something. Yeah. You <laughs>
1: are the the biggest Mr. Jones in the keep up with the Joneses ever to all your neighbors, where they're just like, Jim, why don't we have our own lawnmowers? Well, honey, because we don't have a seven-acre mansion. <laughs> That we fly our fate around on! you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, It's. Uh, I, he also I, bought I, his daughter a new car. Did you hear that? It was used. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the, the <neighborhood> propaganda.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> my neighbors are well-to-do. I don't know that they're thinking like that. But it, it's. Um, I, don't, I To me, it's it, it's not about that. It, it, I just, dude, the, the, dude, I, I went to my yard. I ran into the sky and then started, like, looking at baseball games and shit from up there. That's a really cool thing. It's uh... also
1: a way to make baseball a little more fun. If you know <laughs> it you needs could help. could be a big outfield play, kind of like that guy for the Cubs. Who <laughs> <laughs> had to change his name and had his whole life ruined.
0: Just for clarity, I was probably about fifteen hundred feet, two thousand feet. So I don't even know if they oh. could hear me, uh, but they could definitely see me. I'm very visible.
2: Well, that's yeah, great. I'm it's like worried an somebody's gonna shoot
0: you down? No, I'm not worried about that. This is that's a ridiculous thing to be worried about. Really? I am a little worried that like one day the police are gonna like ask me about the legality of it. It's legal. It's the only challenge for the legality is there's this barely defined. Uh, Term where they say you can't fly over populated areas, right? So, like, is a golf course a populated area? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Uh, if you cross a, a road, is that a populated area? Uh, typically, no. Like, that one's been defined. But really, the way it comes down is if you hit someone, it was a populated area. That's the way that they teach it. So, uh, and I was like, all right, so I'm actually got this covered. But the thing is this, like, so I'm flying back to my house, and I mean not that not that this actually happened, but it felt like I was over a lot of other houses. Like the path that I was, the path I took out was the one I mapped. The path I took back, well, of course in reality that's the one I mapped too. But you know there was a, a visual effect that made it seem like, oh yeah, I have to be more careful about this. Uh, it might be that I wanted to be upwind or something, and like all right so there's houses there you gotta manage that carefully but it's mostly legal you just you know you're not supposed to fly over so if a
1: cop actually got a megaphone out and was like oh no. hey you up there you come down <laughs> <laughs> would you just like would you actually come down or would you kind of be like
0: no <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> i don't there, you know. Let the trippers you know, out. I get to thirty cop, miles an hour. <laughs> I'll do a slow speed chase.
2: I imagine the cop getting up in there in his own paramotor <laughs> <laughs> alongside. You're like, <laughs> Pulling you. Pull <over. sighs> No, yeah. well, you, you would not. That's a stupid
1: idea. I,
2: I I, that, I've heard about that before. Like people like shooting at people with small aircraft. I, I think sometimes you know uh, it is deer hunting season. I'll tell you, I'll give you a scenario how it could happen, you know, you you fly over, it's not deer hunting season quite yet, you fly over somebody's deer hunting spot, you chase off their deer, they're like, fucking sky pirate, what are you? <laughs> <laughs> and they just fucking blast at you for, you know, out of anger, it could happen. I hear you. What if you? you accidentally
1: fly into a falconry competition? <laughs> and suddenly you to ribbons up in the skies. You know, I, as uh, Igor and Samson fly in and take
0: bits out of your fingers and arms. Apparently, <laughs> hawks flying with paramotors is a super common thing. So is geese, just like getting into formation. None of this has ever happened to me. Not even close. Um, Brad says he's flown with hawks or falcons. I don't really know my birds. But uh, Brad's flown with, like, birds of prey before, but not geese. I hope that happens, because there's bird like... My, my house is so loaded with interesting wildlife. I think we saw a wolf. Like we were we were eating dinner and Jackie looks at the kitchen and she's like, what is that? Is that a dog? And its coating was like a, a wild animal. Like it, it, it could have been a husky type thing. And, and I say wolf. I don't really know wolf, coyote, whatever. I, maybe it was more likely to be a coyote. It's
2: interesting though that there's this new uh blend of the three called the koi wolf now that that's mm. uh that's starting to take over in lots of uh just outside of urban areas all around the North America. It's a blend of dogs, coyotes and wolves and and instead of being some sort of ah oh, look at that worthless thing, it's got all these yeah. worthless traits combined. It, it sort of took the best from each of them, so it's, it's like an you know, urban jackal. And they're big. Did they happen bigger than the coy- naturally or are they bred? Well, they natural interbreeding, no okay. humans uh Made right. it happen. You count, you know, what we've done here already.
1: It was really probably like wolves really getting a lot of rapes in the coyote community.
0: <laughs> so, but the, I, it zoomed by and I ran out front to see it. Jackie, more clever, ran to the side of the house, but we weren't able to see it again and really figure out what it was. I would be
2: shocked if it was a wolf. I, like, like, like mm-hmm. I, I hate to even say anything from a quasi-expert uh, position because people get so stuck up about it, mm-hmm. but like, I'm a, I, I, it wasn't a wolf, it was a coyote. For a uh, second, big, though. I
0: thought we weren't recording. But we are. We're just recording. Just fucking left. I, <laughs> I left out protest.
2: Left. Uh-huh. I'm a fucking Taylor and Woody show today.
0: Fuck <laughs> that. No,
1: Welcome to the Woody monologue hour. <laughs> <laughs> so, Unfortunately, you? the co-hosts have left. They were very aggravated. <laughs> 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 I, don't think uh, yeah, oh, I think it's a wolf just because I know when we were in Idaho, Melissa had some family who would try and hunt wolves because the way she describes it is when she was a little girl, they had, like, the reintroduction of wolves where they were like, we need to get more wolves out there. There aren't enough wolves for us to gawk at. And (laughs) so they threw wolves into Idaho and Montana, and very quickly they realized, like, ah, given even a little bit of human help, these things are going to dominate this region. Like, nothing's going to come close. And they're great, they're clever, they're smart, good at hiding. And so the only way you can really hunt them reliably is from a helicopter. And even then, her uncle went on those trips all the time and was like, Yeah, I've seen one wolf ever. Not shot, seen one ever. I like to because cover they know and you
0: should get a paramotor. She could a
2: paramotor. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what would happen. You'd end up getting taken down, and those wolves would take you out like in the gray that Liam Neeson would be like, Shit, I only train. brought eight
0: bullets. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm still yeah. on a high. Like, I, I I flew out of my yard. That's a That's very like a, neat thing for me.
1: It's the culmination of that whole hobby. Because mm-hmm. the whole reason you wanted to do it is so you could take off from your yard. You've been saying that the whole time. And now now you can just be like, all right, I'm to fly this weekend. I don't have to drive seven hours to meet up with this guy and then hope it's not windy. I can just walk outside and go, oh, it's windy.
2: I'm not going to what fly. What I think would be interesting for you is, for, it, for right now, it seems like today's trip you went up just to go up, and and mm-hmm. so far that's all you have done. What if you used it as a mode of transportation? What if you got a ve- no? Think think about this. Listen, uh, you get up very early, you take off, and you fly to wherever some other you know airmen are, and you land and hang out with them, and then at the end of the day you take off and fly on
0: home. That's totally a conceivable thing. Um, one risk, especially at my, I'm like I don't. I'm just entering maybe intermediate now, you know, like leaving my newbie's phase. And uh, when you have a mission like that, like, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to this place and I'm going to come back. I'm going to meet other people. There's a real temptation to like carry out that mission as opposed to air towards the side of safety. Like I was saying before.
2: Time window, you have to bum a ride home.
0: (laughs) That could be a thing. Yeah. Or you might be like, ah, you know what? I'm not bumming a ride home. I'm going to give it a go. And you can make bad decisions like that. And then it's dark. (laughs) Like, this thing doesn't have any lights. Future Me maybe is more comfortable with that. Like, yeah, I can do lots of things. There's there's a race that just finished called the Icarus Trophy. And uh, it goes from Montana to Vegas. Like, that's a... That's
2: a very long distance. Yeah. It's
0: like the top of the country to the bottom of the country. And it goes through mountains and stuff like that. So these guys are... Uh, I don't know. They're they're actually really going places, and they're going and places they're going on... in paramotors. Yeah, yeah. That, so, it...
2: how long do they do like one continuous shot, or is this a thing where they land and refuel, and there's a hustle about that? They
0: land and refuel. You can only fly during daytime. Ah, but, but okay. they do like 200 kilometer legs, you know, and then they'll just refuel and they'll take right off there. They actually bring um, like two stroke oil with them. Land at a gas station on like on the side of the road, fill up, add the oil, and then fly from there. Right, which is just so different than my world. Yeah,
2: that's interesting. Races like that. Uh, I got to meet that guy who um, who did the cannonball run. He's got the world record for that. That time, Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 was cool to hear them talk about how they pulled that off and like the they they did it like a four like a like one of those four door BMWs, like the sport edition, like a and uh, and they were they did they they would rotate, uh, you know, who's driving and stuff, and they had aircraft in the air uh, you know radio radioing down looking for police in front of them so they could just drive balls to the wall like crazy crazy fast the whole time That's they had done scouting reports for years about where uh, the uh, the speed traps were and how to just outright avoid many of them but hmm. then how to schedule around the ones they couldn't outright avoid and so when he pulled it off I don't remember his time but it's like New York to la non-stop driving in like a day and a half two days or something crazy and uh, after he did it he got invited to all of these <laughs> law enforcement uh speaking engagements. They want to know how he did it. So now he's just got this whole career made up of that where they love him to death and they're like we want to talk to you about how to improve, you know, traffic safety grids and and we we need to know how you circumvented our entire <laughs> system, you know, nationwide. Let's talk about that <laughs> and so uh that was a cool fucking guy. There's
0: one more little tidbit I didn't mention about the paramotor, uh the ham radios work the entire time so I flew miles from the house and I was probably half a mile in the air and uh, Jackie and I were able to hold a conversation the whole way through
2: I bet it's because your altitude huh I bet if well, you were on the ground they wouldn't work
0: yeah I, I think on the ground I forget, I heard something about 25 miles so uh, even if it's half that on the ground um, that's pretty far and yeah I think usually
2: they mean line of sight I think I think that's like their mm-hmm. their limiting factor right
0: I forget. I used to know. It was a
2: mountain in between you, but but I, I'm just thinking like you being up there, like Helps you're getting the max. Yeah, you know?
0: you're getting a real straight shot. So uh, I think it's neat that I can have like ground station at home on the radio the whole time. It's built into my helmet. I just press a button here and talk to her, and uh, and that's that. The other new thing that I, I wanted to talk about was um, I got a call from AT and T today. So, you have to understand, they've called me, without exaggeration, like, 13 times. And they keep offering me this, like, 45 megabit line. Which is, maybe a lot of people would think that's good, but I have 300 now. And I'm like, you know, don't insult me with this. Like, If you guys seriously rolled into my neighborhood, installed all this fiber, and are trying to sell 45 megabits... You know, you're not going to get any customer's time. It's like
1: if an RC helicopter salesman showed up at your front door. <laughs> you'd be like, no, no, thank you. I, Look I, what I, what I is, have. You know, <laughs> I know this is exciting for the poor's. But you know what? Actually, wait here. You know, I'll be right back. You know?
0: I, I, in 30 <laughs> seconds, people act like paramotors are this rich man thing. I think what you should actually do is like recalibrate your head and think of it as just a Sky motorcycle. right? You know, the whole thing costs like 10 grand. That's like what a motorcycle costs. And uh, you know, then the continued operating expenses are still in line with that. It's like I probably spent a dollar fifty on the day's flight. I
2: think it's the peripherals that surround the paramotor that, that sort of put it in that niche of rich man sports. You need quite a bit of free time to be a paramotorist. Um, I, I feel like maybe if you work in a nine to five, it's hard to come up with Ah, uh, eh man, you know, you could do it on weekends, I guess. I guess you're right. You know, yeah. to me to me it's really analogous to like your rock buggy or like a Dune buggy or any kind of machine, pleasure machine, that's a, that that's that's right around that price range, which is pretty much all of them. If you're going to have a good one, if you got a good motorcycle, it's ten thousand dollars. You got a good uh, racing four wheeler; those things are, they're not ten, but they're getting up there. They're expensive. Any kind of boat, I mean, yeah. you know, those things are outrageous. You could have a jet ski you know, jet skis are that much. I feel like so. there's
0: some guy out there with like a a UTV, like a, you know, what's like the fun ones, like a Rav? Is that what they're called? I don't know what we're talking about. Uh, it, like a golf cart, but with good suspension and a great motor. Oh, like a Gator? Yeah, I was going to say Gator, but often those are like...
2: Those are like utility. Work yeah, they're thing.
0: for utility. There are some that are for fun. A Raptor or something. Raptor. Had something called a Raptor.
2: It's... And
0: you, you got like a three-point
2: harness, two seats, a big roll cage, and it's it's so safe-looking that that like when I drove it, I was like, I don't care if we wreck and I don't care if we go off the, the cliff. Like... This is going to be fun as hell, and it's very overpowered for what it is. (laughs) Very fun. It's like it's a doom buggy, really.
1: Now, this Um. is uh, a hockey topic, but it's a little interesting, maybe. So tonight, the Blues are playing the Vancouver Canucks. Hopefully, the Blues win, go make their record 4-0. That'd be nice. And Vancouver is having a goalie problem. They had two of their goalies get injured. And so they have one of their backups playing, and they're having to do the NHL emergency goaltender rule. And so the goalie for, I guess, the University of British Columbia will be playing backup goaltender for the Vancouver Canucks tonight. Wait, they don't
0: have a minor league team?
1: They've gone through all of them. or, Or sometimes the way it happens is the minor league team will be playing in, say, like Albany, or something this same Uh night, and there's just not enough time between the injury and to get him. And so they conscripted this guy, um, Matt Hewitt, who plays for the UBC Thunderbirds, (laughs) and he will be going up against the St. Louis Blues tonight if (laughs) if, uh, the main goalie is injured. This has happened a few times in the NHL because, like, the NHL has lists of competent to semi-competent goalies in every city that there are nhl teams so that if they completely run out of goalies they can start basically calling people and be like hey you played uh junior b in 1997 how about playing for the calgary flames tonight you know we'll pay you league minimum for a game it's like 30 grand like <laughs> how many Dude, would you like that a,
2: who are they playing tonight
1: uh the vancouver canucks
0: I, I don't know if this has ever happened to you i've had several games where we're like, the other team has no goalie. Their goalie didn't show, right? And uh, unlike, the, there are no NHL like, lists for beer league hockey teams. Yeah. <laughs> what you do is you, take, you get an extra defender, and he tends to stand near the net a lot. And, <laughs> and they're more competent than you might guess, you know? It, 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 you might think, no goalie, oh my gosh, you, know, you can score from mid-ice. You can't. No, they're actually pretty good at stopping shit. They block shots all the time because they're defensemen. And they just do that. And their stick is... Maybe they're better with a stick than a goalie is. And uh, and they just block shit all night long. But you don't usually lose. Usually it is easier to score in a defenseman than a goalie. Yes. <laughs> but we fuck about. We don't take full advantage of it. I have had several games where, like, the goalie shows up at the start of the second period. The score is 2-1, to one, and we're like, no! <laughs> no! It could have we been... should have cashed in. Yeah, yeah, I think we could have made it 7-1, to one, and we really focused on it. We, we like, we, we had it in the something bag. About, yeah. Something
1: like that happened when I played, uh, I must have been, like, 16 or so, and the team that showed up to play against us, they only had one goalie and the goalie ended up getting injured. And so basically it was like, you know, first period. And it's like, okay, well, I guess we have to forfeit. The other team was like, we have to forfeit. We don't have a goalie. And if you don't know anything about ice time, it's not like going to play basketball or soccer. It's fucking expensive to buy time to play ice hockey. And so their coach and our coach were like, hey, like we have all this time to spend we do forfeit the game to you because we don't have a goalie, but how about you just let us use one of your goalies Mm -hmm. and we finish the game out? And I was like, oh, I definitely volunteer because I was playing. And so basically my backup played for our team and I got to play for their team for the remainder of the game. And that was more fun than anything because it's like you're spitefully saving things like throughout (laughs) the game because they're just trying to rack up their stats. So that they can look back and be like, oh, yeah, like 40 goals this year. And, of course, you could be like, well, it's yeah. bullshit. They didn't have a goalie for seven of them. <laughs> like, but, so I just played as best as I could
2: trying to Looks like a lot of people are betting on the Blues. They're tied for second on the top in NHL public bets for today.
0: But it doesn't look they, like the odds the are that crazy. The
2: odds don't look that crazy to no, me. No, they're either. in
0: line with all the other games. Like, I feel like I should be betting on the Blues right now. Well,
1: the Blues have uh, – well, the Canucks are one of the not as good teams right now. The Blues are still one of the good teams. It's just we just had
0: yeah, but look uh, we four injuries
1: odds. right now. So at, did you look at the betting odds, Kyle, linked? That. Oh, I need to look at that. I
0: feel like it doesn't reflect uh, the, the situation. It's, yeah. Where is it? It's third from the bottom.
2: And this is updated to the minute, too. This is at 2205. Hours.
1: Are you saying it seems like the Blues should be higher, more favored or less favored? More favored. Okay. If I'm reading this correctly, oh,
0: to win yes, $100, yeah. you have to bet 138
1: Yes, they should be more favored, and they would be usually, but the Blues just lost three people in one game to injury, and so they had to bring up a bunch of people. Oh, from well, shit. This is AHL a minor teams.
0: league hockey game. <laughs> what? Well, Why are they, your are shitty, shitty, crappy, shitty Blues not more favored <laughs> against a college team? <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain that? If this was the Flyers, I, you'd have to bet $1,000 to win $100. they are like oh, an yeah. extra $38. dollars i totally
1: overestimate the Flyers again. I, liked, I don't mind the Flyers, though. I want to see Wayne Simmons and Claude Giroux do well. And they're in the Eastern Conference, so well, it's easier to like. But if the Blues uh, – they just lost Letera, mm-hmm. um, who is one of our best centers. Uh, we lost Brodziak, who's one of our best – uh, not painkillers, penalty killers um, – and then two more, Gunnarsson and someone else. Gunnarsson's a defenseman, so I'm happy that we're going into a game against Vancouver with all these injuries, because it would suck if it was like, well, God damn it, playing the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. Probably not going to win this, but yeah, I mean, hope we can we can pull this out against Vancouver, hopefully.
2: I kind of want to put some money on this. I know. I'm I, 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 too. I mean, I, I mean, it sounds to me like get up to $100 when you open a checking account and. try. Is this is a pop. This is BB&T. Okay, I thought it was. Well, a and bonus keep in mind, this minor,
1: app. this college goalie will only play if the NHL goalie is injured. Because oh. even if the NHL goalie lets up like seven goals, I seriously doubt they're gonna be like, "Hey, oh. hey guy from the University oh. of." Uh,
0: Wait a minute. They uh, called the University Columbia. of whatever guy as the backup. Yes, they have to have a backup. Uh, I misunderstood. No, I too. thought he was starting tonight, and that no. you were still barely favored.
1: No, the odds would be enormous mm-hmm. if you probably would have to bet a thousand dollars on the Blues to win a hundred if they were like, yeah, we're just going to start this nineteen-year-old. Uh, yeah who's pretty good in his college league. He's tearing yeah. up the roller hockey making leagues. Phone calls.
2: He's like, I think I'm better than that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the adrenaline alone will get me through a period, right? At the least,
1: I can let Tarasenko score a lot and make sure my fantasy team's good, you know?
0: Like, I didn't if, realize... If
1: that's, again, that I would let the best goal scorer in the <laughs> NHL at the moment score on me, that I'd be like... Or one of the best goal
0: scorers I was about the statue, day. Like, best goal scorer? Let's see. I, I, like, I mean, I, right
1: now, it's... It's too early to tell, but he's already got three in three games. Which is pretty good. Austin Matthews, four in his first game. That was really neat. I mean, to be fair, he hasn't played against a solid NHL squad yet. But we'll see how that goes. Or no, maybe he has. Maybe he has. Sorry. That's enough hockey talk.
0: There are three players with four goals, so he's not really keeping pace.
1: (laughs) Yes, there is um, Pasternak, um, some fucking dude.
0: who. Austin Matthews, the guy, you met, the guy got four in his first game. He's one of them, and then Richard Panic, I guess.
1: Panic. That was the guy who. It's funny to watch these stats in the beginning of the season because it's like this dude isn't even going to be in the top thirty of this list. <laughs> in two weeks, like his four goals. He's at home, like all right, yeah. you know, mid single digits. Five like, percent of this
0: season has gone by, and he's the best so far. Best <laughs> so here, I'll try and keep the story rolling. AT&T, they call me like 13 times. I'm getting, at the risk of ruining my reputation, or making it worse, a little rude with the customer service people. I'm like, look, don't even try to sell me 45 megabit. This is like your 11th call. I don't want it. And she's like, I'm authorized to sell you gigabit. I was like, really? Keep talking. So it comes down to it, 70 bucks a month, no installation charge, gigabit internet. And I just happen to have 70 bucks a month for 300 megabits now. It's three times faster. And I think it's gigabit upload, but I'm not sure. I didn't ask that. So um, she's like, you know, what's going on? And she's like, we'll get him out there tomorrow afternoon at 1. And I'm like, do you know what you're getting into? Like, do you realize you have to run, like, 1,000 feet of fiber up my front yard and install it into my house? Okay, do, you know that, do you know that you'll need a machine that burrows under a road? right there's a road <laughs> between the the bottom. like you need to burrow 14 feet you have feet. the burrow machine man they do, do they have one.
1: a burrower
0: yeah. <laughs> i don't even know how it how it works i talked to the guy when they were installing it i was like how do they These get across dwarves. this road and he's like we can do it yeah we, we they they drill a hole down then sideways and then back up again or something i don't really know how it works but they have a road they have a machine for getting You're underneath articulating roads. boring machine i oh, to... i i like to think that it's a mole based superhero but anyway, um, so yeah, they have to go under a road. They have to lay fiber all the way under my house, like into the crawl space and in the server room. How and much would you estimate something like that to cost? For them? No, I, I'm just saying because
2: you, you already know. You've, you've paid to do it once. Like, like yeah. I'm sure you, it's going through your head. You're like, I know what this shit costs.
0: You don't want to get into this business. It should be like $7,500 $7. for the install. I'm guessing. I'm guessing about yeah. $7, do $7. Math. a foot. How
2: long do they have to pump you to turn a profit? Like a hundred years here or something like a hundred like months,
0: yeah. <laughs> so uh, no, a
2: profit. Like, 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 like a profit. Like like how much is it costing them to... S- See, you're not the normal customer. You're mm. going to be uploading and downloading an enormous amount. You're going to be taking up a lot of their bandwidth,
0: more than average, right? I hear you and I think you're right. But I, I feel like the additional cost of a customer is almost yeah. free. You know, okay. the, the load that I'll put on AT&T's network is nothing. And you know, they just want to get me signed up. But I think it's not going to happen. I think they're going like, to, like, come on to, like, turn a switch or something, and the guy will be, holy fuck. Like, you know, we're not prepared for this. We didn't bring the borrower. We don't have a cherry <laughs> picker. You know, we Where didn't... are the dwarves? We brought the dwarves. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow, but they're supposed to come out tomorrow at 1 p.m. and give me gigabit internet. I would. I think the smart money is against it. I'd sooner bet on the blues. But... Yes, they say I it'll happen. Imagine
2: the whole cable install team as the Lord of the Rings cast. I just see, <laughs> I just see Orlando Bloom wearing a hat and some overalls, and his boss man nudges. What do your elf
0: eyes see here? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: very nice cable modem, sir. This will be a
0: fast speed, very fast. <laughs> speed. Lightning. Very fast. Aragon in charge of all everything.
2: the
1: burrowers were busy, so we had to use an emergency backup. Uh, <laughs> lots of good burrowers in the area brought one in. <laughs> <Just> Ed. <head. laughs> Digging Ed. <head. laughs> anyway. like... Well, hopefully that works out. And also, hopefully, this goalie doesn't get injured and then put on some crazy ESPN highlight reel performance of college goalie embarrasses NHL team, you know, makes 60 saves in biggest performance yeah, in NHL it, history. As,
2: as, as they, they're just, he's just, like, stopping anything and everything, making you your team look foolish. That'd be fun. Yeah, that would be upsetting. Very upsetting. I don't think well, it'll happen.
1: It's happened before where they've had to take goalie coaches. So like a 44-year-old former NHLer, and they're like, hey, both of our goalies are hurt. You played, I mean, late 90s, when you think about it, not even 20 years ago. So (laughs) how about you slap those pads on and you do your best, and (laughs) they've had to do that before. It never goes well. No. um,
0: How bad does it go? Like I, I imagine I a goalie coach an is still competent. And if they're not playing a whole game, then like, the fitness matters a little less. Does it know? matter what it, kind of saves they're making? Because like, the only thing that I can
2: go to, and I did it the other day when we were talking about um, uh, goalies, was a catcher, a baseball catcher. Uh, because it's, it's the kind of position that sometimes baseball teams will have two catchers. You know, They'll switch them in and out. It's really tough on your lower body. And it's the sort of position that you could bring an old fogey in, somebody who's just got blown out knees. And he could play the position perfectly well, most of the time, until you start getting people on base, and he's got to pop up, and he's got to throw people down, and he's got to run to get balls. You know, if, if, if anything gets behind him, there's somebody on base. It matters, right? So I'm wondering, Taylor, is there? A,
0: I agree with what Kyle's saying. I feel like a 45-year-old goalie. Can be eighty percent as good as a great goalie because so much of it is about positioning. Great goalies, and I've I've talked and to, told the story many times where I shot on a goal. He was way above my skill level. Looked like he didn't have to do anything. You know, he was already in position. It seemed like I was never more than an inch off from where he already was. And yeah, you know, he, I mean
1: that's the way goalies are. Is like there are goalies like Dominic Hasek. Who's one of the best of all time, but he played a really weird style of like throwing his body around, doing crazy acrobatic stuff. So even like a reasonable save was like, that's really impressive. But then you have goalies like Brian Elliott, who the Blues just traded to Calgary. He's a solid goalie, but he never makes saves where you're like, Holy shit, because he does all of it through being technical. Like his bread and butter is being square to the puck, always being exactly where he needs to be. Granted, if he were forty five, you just you wouldn't have the leg strength or speed. This- to keep up, and if you're a goalie who was 45, who played in the late 90s, and Vladimir Tarasenko comes at you with his flex, you know, high tech stick, he's gonna take one little boop shot, and you're gonna be like, well, when I played, they had wooden sticks, and they didn't bend much, and it they, they, the puck didn't come as fast. Like, you, like the, if you take the best goalie from right now and put him in 1995. He is better than Martin Brodeur. He's better than Patrick Waugh. He's better than any of those. Not as good as Hextal. He's better than Hextall. No,
0: Hextal would kick his ass.
1: Okay, Hextal might kick his ass in a fight, but that's because Hextall was a very belligerent and angry... That is how I grade my goalies. Yes, if you're looking for a good YouTube video, type in 14 minutes of pissed-off goalies. And it's just 14 minutes of goalies in the NHL losing their shit, getting furious. And Ron Hextall is probably a full three minutes of that. Because Ron (laughs) Hextall was a Flyers goalie in the 70s and 80s. Or maybe the 70s and 80s, I think. And he, every once in a while you would watch a big line brawl, which were more common in the 70s and 80s. And the goalies would skate and go fight. But that was more rare because generally the team, you don't want your goalie getting into a fight because that's your most valuable guy. You don't want your fucking goalie getting hurt in a stupid fight after the game. But Ron Hextall would never wait for other goalies to initiate. Like one fight starts and he's already like chugging it to the (laughs) other side of the arena, like throwing his equipment down, like running into goalies and just beating the shit out of them. Like in a way that you couldn't get away with now, in a way that like if you looked at it, you're like, that's assault. And if a cop had shot him, <laughs> it would have
2: been excusable. Like, it's because un- the <laughs> other guy is sitting, is is standing there, clear across the fucking arena, and all of a sudden this madman went "you" and yeah. ran him down and initiated a beating. That is assault.
0: That's yes, with, with the exception assault. of a few it's like gifted it's... players who are there to score and like do special things. All hockey players kind of double as fighters. Like they practice it, they know it, they've done it growing up. They they, you can grab your jersey and throw people. All the skaters know how to fight, mostly. Not all of them. There's like Gretzky's and stuff, but mostly they know how to fight. Hextall would challenge people who knew how to fight, and that was what was so neat about him. Oftentimes, like when there's these bench-clearing brawls or something, the two goalies will fight each other, and that's the special-ed fight on the side. You know, like. A hexstall would be like, Scott Stevens, I want you. It's like, are you sure you want that? But,
1: yeah, <laughs> you're like, no, you probably don't want Scott Stevens. Maybe I don't know, someone a little smaller.
0: <laughs> but yeah, Hextall was always enthusiastic about fighting. Anyway, yeah, you know, like, so uh, it's a common thing. The defensemen typically, but they, any of the skaters, they protect their goalie. You know, if you so much as hit that goalie on the shin pads, which like does not hurt at all, then the <laughs> other players are like, you know, what are you like intimidating my goalie? Let's fight about it. And but Hextall would be like, hey. You can't hit my pads. Let's fight about it. And it's like, wait, is it like someone else supposed to do this on your behalf? But not Hexy. He was awesome. He was great. Yeah,
1: Hextall was very entertaining. I had a VHS tape of NHL goalie like film and stuff that I watched constantly as a kid. And Hextall was one of the big guys in there, and I liked him a lot. Just the way, well, he was like a stand-up goalie because that's what you played in the 70s and 80s, stand-up style, mm-hmm. which was like objectively worse, which is why goalies are better now. But I don't know. I, I liked him. I liked that era of the Flyers, probably because I wasn't around for it. What? And because I know that the Blues are responsible for the formation of the Broad Street Bullies. Hmm. If you didn't know that.
0: I know you've said it before, but I, I like to deny I it. Have,
1: the, the Flyers were like These, this. Because St. Louis was a newly added team. Mm-hmm. And, well, I guess the Flyers are actually, what, seven years younger than the Blues as far as team? Because I think the Flyers came around in 74. Way more prestigious. Wait, wait, oh man, the prestige knows no bounds. You can learn a lot in you those know?
0: seven years. Really, that's... Can,
1: the... <laughs> <laughs> the Flyers, I mean, just a perennial powerhouse. <laughs> they're pretty you
0: know? much original six. <laughs> pretty
1: much, yeah, they're, just not even, they're not even original 12. <laughs>
0: <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Six I think 12.
1: they were like the 14th, or, no, they came mm-hmm. in the same time as the Washington Capitals, 1974, I think. But um, pretty yeah, much. if you that video is really fucking entertaining to watch. Right. So right, I'll have
0: to check it anyway. out. Anyway. Dude, I don't know. You get me a little excited with the hockey talk. I, uh, I should go to more games this year. I think we'll have a good time. You should. Time. The Hurricanes are on the way up. And they're inexpensive. Like, I think I can go to a Hurricanes game in the cheap seats, which I've mentioned before is like mountain climbing way up there. But it's like $9 a ticket. Like, that's really cheap. Like, 9 It's just slightly more than free. I've done the math. Well, that's an hour. Uh, tomorrow yeah. I'll know if I'm getting gigabit internet. I don't think I am, but that's well, they say. We I will am. be waiting with bated breath. And what,
2: what, what will you do? Will you add? I would suggest you add it into addition to what you have. Right? It just seems so. To me, it seems wasteful to be like, oh yeah, I got that seventy-five hundred dollar connection, but something better came along. So screw that. Like I feel like you should hold on to it because you've you it, it was so much effort to get. And and here's the thing. You, as long as you hang on to it, you've all. You can always be if if uh, AT and T ever gives you any shit, you can be like, you know what, just cancel it right now. I'll just flip this switch and use my 300 gig. I disagree back-
0: on that. It was wasted, you know, like like. I don't think it's wasted. I ran Woodycraft for years. It was a I think it was, 3400, but it might have been four grand, but like something like that. So in that 3400, that was a business expense that's paid for itself since then. I suppose so. And, uh, I I just
2: like the idea of keeping, I like the idea of multiple lines for one thing. And I I like the idea of having two different companies. Like, like most people don't have the opportunity to even choose between two companies. And mm -hmm. it seems very easy for you to have two different companies. So that you can just at the,
0: there is a thing. Like, so I think it was the president of time Warner. He's like, or maybe it was Comcast. It doesn't matter. They said, there's no market for gigabit internet people don't want it and at the time I had 50 megabit and I'm like what I totally want gigabit like 50 was uh, somewhat of a constraint not often the five up in particular was a constraint when um when twitch takes three and a half up and then you want to like live stream so like the three and a half a half's going to them and the other one and a half is like somehow working the game and you notice a difference um when when in that situation, I was like, five up isn't enough. This guy's crazy. I totally need a gigabit. Now that I have three hundred by thirty, it's really not holding me back. Um, gigabit's better, but I, it's mostly just cool. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, so, wow. Like, I don't know. It's kind of like wow. Some like if I have a if I don't have gigabit, like in the whole network through the house. That'll slow me down. I've got wireless things that only go like 700 megabits. That's a bottleneck now.
2: Wow. That's nuts.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Well, I guess that's a show. Uh, I flew. I'm getting gigabit. And uh, the Blues might win if they can just get one more injury on the other team.
1: Yes. We are hoping (laughs) for a natural disaster in Vancouver, of course. All right. It's PKN114. See ya.